0: Just flames are pouring from the buildings now. There's cars toppled, buildings entire, just crushed and crumbled. I'm not sure if it's safe to report from my vantage point. I, I really need to leave. So the fences inform me that the surrounding areas are, are in ruin. I, I see some people running now. And the opinion of this reporter, if this nation, or in fact the world, ever needed heroes, That time is now. That time is now. Yeah. yeah. Of the Fire and Water Podcast, a proud member of the Fire and Water Podcast Network. I'm one of your hosts, the Iridian Shag, and with me, as always, is my in the flesh, face to face, bald man to bald man, my buddy, you know him, Mr. Rob Kelly. Hey, buddy. Bienvenue. I don't know what that is. <laughs> it's some language for hello. <laughs> we are sitting here just at the end of an amazing weekend, Charlotte Heroes Con 2017. Uh, we have been stuck together the entire weekend. Quite frankly, it's probably the end of the network. Probably. Uh, yeah. This is probably the, the where we jump the shark. This is the farewell tour, folks. <laughs> we have been together with, oh gosh, I hope I don't miss anybody. Let's give this a shot. Ryan Daly. We have been with Stella from Background Oracle. Chris Franklin. Chris, Cindy Franklin. The whole Franklin family. Franklin family. Our buddy Keichi Baker and, and his, his fam- family. Yep. Uh, Derek Crabb mm-hmm. from the Fan Holes podcast. Tom Zoller. Uh, Luke Fa- Dobb. Luke Dobb. Burbage. Yep. Uh, we're, we're saving the best one for last. Michelle Fuffet, his buddy Chuck. Uh, Diablo Frank. He was here, unbelievably in the
1: flesh. Or an actor that he paid to say he was Diablo Frank. Remember, he,
0: he also had a girlfriend with him, so she she had to be an actress. There's Might no be way. an actress as well. And we ran into other people we weren't even expecting, like Mark Beltran from DC in the 80s. Mountain Flower Laurel from Mountain Flower on Twitter, which was awesome. She, she flagged us down. That was probably the most shocking of all of them. I had no idea if was going to be her. Uh, Rod Pruitt, we saw Rod him. Pruitt, we saw yep. Rod Pruitt, yeah. We saw our buddy Jason from the uh, Hops and Heroes web sh- uh, podcast. Oh, my gosh, we're forgetting so many others. We saw a lot. Oh, 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 uh, Jacob Edwards. We saw Sorry, Jacob we saw Edwards, Jacob right? Edwards. Yep. We saw so many people, and I'm so sorry. Folks, if we have forgotten you, please understand this is only due to sleep deprivation. We had to deal with uh, Ryan snoring all night long. We got no sleep the whole weekend, and I hope Ryan hears this. (laughs) Although he probably won't because he's not on it. Poor Angie. (laughs) That's right. You think about that baby's got to suffer through. Mm. So... Uh, what Rob and I decided to do was some of our favorite things to do, what brings us joy, are zany Haney books. And we found uh, what I suppose you could call a discount bin. Professor Allen would have turned his nose up at it because I think it was a $2 bin. Isn't that right? I think so. Yeah. We found a couple of issues of Brave and the Bold by Bob Haney and Jim Aparo. Oh, my gosh. So good. But before we get to that, we need to do our in-stock trades listing. Folks, the Firewater Podcast is sponsored in part by InStockTrades.com, your best source for online source for trades, hardcovers, and other collections. Uh, all for up to 42% off with free shipping up to $50. I'm sorry, for $50 or more. Uh, and okay, by the way, we are totally winging this. We have like no notes in front of us, so we are in the Charlotte
1: Airport. Oh yeah. Should say, because we're wondering what the ambient okay, ambient noise
0: is and the occasional break-in from the
1: loudspeaker, we are recording this in the Charlotte Airport before Shag and I both fly home.
0: Exactly. So we've literally stepped out of the convention. So, yeah. Rob, what do you got for your in-stock trades?
1: Uh, well, I uh, stopped by the Tomorrow's booth uh, this uh, this time at the convention, and I oh, went yeah. to I went to the uh, the panel that had Roy Thomas and Michael Urie. I got to meet Michael Urie, which a, was great. For some ever I got to meet
0: him. That was a great panel. Yeah,
1: and one of the books that I picked up is something I've been wanting to get for a while, and it's called Swampman, Muck Monsters of the Comics, and it's basically just the history of all the different muck monsters in all of superhero comics. Swamp Thing, Man Thing, The Heap, all those characters. I love these Tomorrow's books. Uh, I've mentioned before the Warren uh, Presents History book that I have read like 50 or 60 times straight through. I really love this book. So anyway, Swamp Men. it's on here on Tomorrows. The normal price is $21.05, but in trades price is $13.17. These books are packed to the gills with interviews, original art, bonus stuff, crazy... They're, there's a section in this book that features the original photo session that Bernie Wrightson did for House of Secrets number 92. No they way. kept all those photos. With Weezy? Yes, with Weezy. Oh my god. I gosh. was showing it to Ryan. The okay. How many times I get to say that once? <laughs> I was showing it to Ryan as I was looking at it. I love these Tomorrow's big history books. There's the mm-hmm. Hawkman Companion that our buddy Zoisha did. That's a great book. Tomorrow's does great jobs with these books. So you can get it from InSlack Trades for only $13.17. Pick it up. You will be reading it for months on end. It is great value.
0: Now, to give you one more endorsement i just recently heard about this book on a friend of ours podcast uh, ben avery from the Comic book time machine he just started his podcast i the name is escape me and again we're doing this off the cuff so forgive me but it's about muck monsters he's doing a podcast that's going to be like swamp thing right. and, and and man thing and it and any kind of swamp monster and he loves that book. he lives inside that book so it's a great it's book. A great book great cover by frank cho of swamp uh, of uh, swamp thing amazing I wanted to pimp Batman trade paperback by uh, Batman Adventures trade paperback volume 1 because I got a chance at this conference to meet Ty Templeton. The amazing Ty Templeton. Justice League International artist. Who's Who 88 cover artist. Batman Adventures artist. A Batman Superman magazine artist. Stig's Inferno comic I first discovered him in way back in the in indie comic way back in the 80s. The guy is amazing and he is so nice. He started telling so many stories. In fact his wife who's sort of like his handler was getting on his case. It's like stop talking you got a sign you got to keep going. We got him in trouble. Anyway Batman Adventures Street Pack Volume 1. This was uh, if I remember correctly this is the first comic book series based on the Batman animated series mm-hmm. and uh, it's by, written by Kelly Bucket, art by Ty Templeton, 240 pages. It's got you know the Joker, S- Scarecrow, Catwoman, Hayward. Killer, Killer Croc, K- Clayface, Riddler. I know uh, again, 240 pages, full color, normally retails from 1999. You get it for a le- it is important that you keep a close watch on your Hey Rob, keep a close eye on your eyes. bag, okay? Do not leave items unattended at any time. Do not accept articles from unknown persons to carry. Am I an unknown person? Craft. Maintain control of your That Do not carry items to, Note that all bags
1: to <laughs> I swear she's going to start reading a tale of two cities next.
0: <laughs> Don't they know people are trying to podcast here? Thank you. A good flight. Thanks, RoboCop. Okay, so normally retails for $19.99. You can get it for 42% off, so only $11.59. Again, folks, those are instocktrades.com. Go up to their Contact Us button. Let them know you heard about them on the Fire & Water podcast. All right, so we're going to cover... Two issues of Batman Brave in the Bull. We're going to cover Batman in the Bull number one twenty-two from October nineteen seventy-five. And we're going to cover Brave in the Bull number one twenty-seven from June nineteen seventy-six. Rob, why don't you take it away with the first one and tell me who the big guest star is? All right. Well, like one twenty-two features
1: Batman and no, Swamp Thing, which is great. This is a comic I had as a kid. This was one of the first comics I ever picked up at the first comic book shop I ever shopped at, El Dorado Comics. Whoa. Because it was one of those ones that I could get super cheap. That's all I bought. I just put the. I was like <coughs> Professor Allen. I was just buying the cheapest stuff I could find. So you haven't really changed much. No. So uh, this is a great book. It, it's uh, Of course, it's by Bob Haney, because this is Woo-hoo! Amy Haney. Of course it is. And it's by yeah. Jim Aparo, nice. of course. It features a great cover of Swamp Thing trussed up like he's basically being crucified up on a giant metal cross. And there's Batman sitting there, and the, there's a guy with a gun, and he says, back off, Batman. That monster wrecked our city, and we're going to kill him. And we see there's an angry mob, and we see in the background there is an old, dilapidated building that's falling apart. So presumably, that's Swamp Thing's fault. I doubt it, but we'll get to it. <laughs> So, anyway, the this, this story opens on a splash page with there it is, Swamp Thing. He is trussed up in the middle of Gotham, Gotham City, and all these uh, slack jawed yokels are, are staring at him, and they're like, saying, My God, who knew such a thing existed? And they're like, One woman's like, Oh, I'm going to faint. And there's a little kid's like, Mommy, can I pet him? No, you little monster. And Batman's like, Blazes, I can't believe it. Swamp Thing here
0: in Gotham, a freak on exhibition? I, I think it's great. Batman's running out. And I think maybe we better comment as we go. Yes, probably rather than trying to do a big. Yeah. So I, I love Batman's out in the middle of the day, of course, running through Gotham Street yeah. down the streets. Very, it's almost Adam West style, but with amazing Jim Aparo art. It's mm-hmm. that weird period in between where he's still the policeman's friend, yep. but he's you know looks badass. He's running errands, you know, he's just
1: picking <laughs> up some things for Wayne Manor and stuff. Right. And he's just whatever. So anyway, uh, the first panel we get is the the, the guy that who's doing the uh, trussing is a big Texan guy named B.B. Riggs, and I love again like, the Batman like knows who this guy is immediately. He's a friend, sort of, and he is your classic like. The big slack, you know, big uh, Texan six shooter guy, and he's he's basically he's like in the flesh, fella. I'm the fella. He could the guys. He doesn't know. He can't figure out who this guy is. Well, I love that Batman pretty much treats him like Boss Hog. Yeah. Like a, yeah, yeah, exactly. It's, it's like the like recurring Boss
0: villain of the week, right?
1: And he says, "In the flesh, fella, I'm done promoting tattooed ladies, thought out mastodons, and shrunken head collections. Something is a sensation, unique. After introducing him, I'm exactly I'm exhibiting him worldwide for money, big money, and then Batman." does this little thought balloon and we get a flashback to Swamp Thing's origin except this time it's drawn by Jim Aparo of course which is really cool getting to see this origin done by somebody that never really ever gets to draw this character ever and he like, kind of copies sort of like the, the basic panel layouts that Wrightson did oh, they okay? yeah it's sort of it's like we see Alec Holland and Linda working on the experiment and then the explosion and then his body getting racked into the swamp and then there's that panel of him rising up out of the swamp and apparel does as usual
0: a great job doing that. And so, I, I've always loved Man-Thing's origin. It's really nice. I like to see a power drawing Man-Thing's yeah. origin here. It's really... <laughs> Stop really it. <laughs> Stop it. So anyway, then
1: we, then we cut to this military base where they talk about that there's this team of military people that have been apparently searching for Swamp Thing and they're like, oh, now we know where he is. He's trussed up in the middle of Gotham City. We're going to hunt him down. Batman goes and he says... Um, Batman decides he's going to go check on Swamp Thing, and there's a mention where he says it must be 90 degrees already. Right. So It's a hot blazing day. Which is imagine being in that bat suit when it's 90 degrees.
0: Well, and clearly it's like he's starting his morning run down yeah. Gotham Street. So yep. He's, he's just swinging, swinging his rope.
1: Things. Yep, yep. This is at this very, uh, very night. The same rain that pelts Gotham City in a raging thunderstorm in the mountains upstairs, which, which, tosses a small plane like a leaf. No one sees the derelict craft spin into the rolling waters of a giant reservoir. Nor do human eyes behold the pilot in, is pilot's fate in the surrounding wind-whipped forest. And we see a pilot dangling dead from the tree branches. And
0: I don't get the, why the pilot's important, but uh, the whole crashing of the reservoir, that's going to be. Right, that's a big
1: thing. Yeah. It's called foreshadowing, kids, learning. There you it. go. So then we cut into in the interior of a Gotham office, and there's a secretary putting out some roses. She puts a rose down. We see the rose grow this vine and grab the secretary's typewriter and throw it around like Little Shop of Horror style. So then we see that happening all across the city. Some vines come up and grab a car. Some other vines pop through the walls of a subway and grab the trail car. And then basically Gotham he just goes bananas because no, all these things. different uh, swamp but thing, all these vines come tearing up through the concrete streets and walls and grabbing things left and right. Commissioner Gordon is, of course, completely outmatched. Batman goes to find him and Gordon is trying to deal with all these different things. But like, he, and, he, and he says, come on, Batman, the lab went, wants us right away. So they go to the lab. The uh, technician explains that there is a—he uh, says these uh, tiny bioorganisms have passed through the filtering system, Gotham's water system. And he says if a single drop is exposed to the air, presto, a small version of the same growth that's engulfing Gotham. So we see something has gotten something into the reservoir, It's gotten into the reservoir, and it's causing all this crazy stuff.
0: What I love about that is that Commissioner Gordon calls Batman to get there. He could have just told him all this over the phone. He had to make Batman look through the microscope. That's true. Well, I, but then we
1: get a shot of Batman looking through the microscope, which I always like. It's cool. Right. I like that. It's style. show, don't
0: tell, but right. still. So,
1: <laughs> by the way, I love Jim Gordon's tie, the short yellow tie. And it's fantastic. <laughs> I love it. Very 70s tie. So anyway, Gotham uh, sends out some crop dusters to spread some defoliant across Gotham City. Not, Great that idea. Kind
0: of, not that kind of crop duster.
1: Yeah. So they go, they, they spread it, they spread it on, and unfortunately it does the opposite of what it's supposed to do. And we see Batman says, good Lord, it only accelerates the vine's growth. We must find another answer quick it's a great panel of Batman screaming yes like, ah. so Batman gets in like his whirly chopper which is uh, I love I, I believe Nego never made oh wait they did they made a bat copper I did forgot they, really? they did make a, a one man bat copter so okay. it doesn't look like this but it's pretty close so anyway so Batman's going rescuing some people he grabs a woman who's falling out of a building hands her off to a firefighter he calls her a smoke eater smoke eater yeah Meanwhile, something is up in the center of town, and of course, everyone in Gotham is like, it must be his fault, and they start pelting him with rocks. One guy throws an axe in his leg, which is really brutal, and it finally... and Swamp Thing, we see, we do get a, a word balloon where he says, Mankind, you call me monster. If this means being other than you, I gladly accept the name. Which is, I believe, the same thing Diablo Frank says.
0: Right. So, now, finally... Now, just for those of you who aren't familiar with old school Swamp Thing, this is before he had the power to control the growth of plants. Right. So yeah, he, yeah, yeah. He has nothing to do with what's happening. He's just a big swamp
1: monster. Yeah. So this, is, this is right after the original run of the book. This is years and years before Tom Yates, Martin Pasco, or Alan Moore, any of that stuff. Okay. So, anyway, so then a laser beam comes down and cuts... Uh, the chains that's keeping Swamp Thing uh, trussed up, and then immediately, I love the Gotham's, they just, like, run, get away, like they immediately turn on him, like big, one guy has a gun too, which is ridiculous oh my gosh,
0: Swamp Thing has been kidnapped by someone a someone else grabs
1: Swamp Thing, a, a black, and his Batman notices a black, a black ops helicopter, government group. right oh, that table? Batman chases after it He crashes into uh, the uh, the chopper trying to save Swamp Thing. That causes the Whirly Bat's Whirlycopter to crash into the water. But Swamp Thing falls as well. They both make it onto a nearby, like a bridge abutment. Swamp Thing talks about. uh, He says, uh, Batman asks Swamp Thing for help. He then he says, Swamp Thing says, "Those who gawked at me, attacked me, rescued my tormentors, but I will, if only to shame their rotten souls." And then he squeaks out a. Yes. Yeah, all that was thought balloons. Yeah. Until yes. I
0: like to think of it in the Swamp Thing TV show voicing. Yes. Yes.
1: Yeah. So uh, then we see that the city's being evacuated across Gotham Bridge, and there's all this whole angry mob as they're running through the streets. And then all hell's breaking loose in Gotham City. Uh, there's a big chunk of building falls off and almost crushes Batman. It hits Swamp Thing and everybody thinks is Swamp Thing dead, and it's the end of the chapter, which of course we know It's not the end of Swamp Thing. So of course he rescues it. They meet a soldier. So anyway, well, Batman and Swamp Thing are trying to help Gotham City. The military guy that we saw earlier is like, "Oh, Batman's rescued Swamp Thing." And he says, well, What are we going to do about that? And he says, Top priority now is destroying that vine invasion with our own super defoliant, Crimson 13, which is a great name.
0: We are also skipping the point where he reveals the thing that fell in the reservoir was a government agent. Right. So it's all the government's fault. Right. That little plane and, that yes, exactly. So, anyway, the vines are going completely out of control.
1: They, they, they become like tree size, basically. And Swamp Thing decides to grab one, and there's this whole great sequence of him straining to try and pull the vines out. And he's like, Maybe I can't uproot them one buy one and then he finally does it with this great apparel sound effect grunch and he yanks it out and Batman's like you did it But something says but he's exhausted he can't possibly
0: do hundreds of them across the city since so long it took so long it took just to do the one but I get my favorite line of dialogue in the whole comic where Swamp Thing says, "I'm half exhausted, never able to uproot them all. We're licked, Batman. <laughs> Batman. We're licked, Batman. Really? <laughs> yeah, I, I, just, I think that you know.
1: I think Alan Moore used that line in his book. I believe so. So finally, uh, Batman returns to the lab. They figure out how to defeat this thing. I'm talking about by attacking the colony's king root. Batman takes off. Meanwhile, Swamp Thing does the same thing. They're heading up. Meanwhile, B.B. Riggs is also looking to kill Swamp Thing because, of course, he's a giant dick. Boss Hog. Uh, yeah, he's a Boss Hog. He gets a he gets a beat on Swamp Thing. Batman kicks him in the back, threads him, and he says, You selfish crumb, Swamp Thing's the city's only hope. Bug out, or I'll crack your greedy skull. Take it easy, Batman. I I didn't know. And Batman says, Got to catch him. He runs off, so, okay. And Boss Hogs turns over a new leaf, apparently. I Batman guess so. But. So finally, they find the king root, but Swamp Thing says, it's hopeless. There's just no way I can pull that out by myself. And he's and Batman says, what? You can't quit on me now, you living nightmare. I just saved your raunchy hide. Which is a great piece of dialogue. Until, of course, Swamp Thing realizes that Batman is trying to use reverse psychology, and trying to shame him into doing it, but it works. It works anyway. So, anyway, Swamp Thing starts pulling on the root, and he says, pray I have the strength. Meanwhile, the military choppers are coming in. They're about to spray the Crimson 13. They start dropping into Foley, and, and it and it descends on Gotham like this horrible pink mist there's a kid about to be caught in it Batman rescues the kid by putting his cape over him while Swamp Thing is trying to tear out the King Root the Crimson 13 is working and you see it start eating into Swamp Thing's flesh and on the final panel of the page Swamp Thing falls over having successfully pulled out the King Root but his arms and his legs have been ripped off which is an amazing
0: panel so poor Swamp Thing and how the rest of uh, everyone didn't die from the defoliant? Well, they were inside yeah okay Everyone in Gotham was right. Yeah, so he says uh, maybe there's a hot
1: dog vendor or something. So he says finally there's an announcement he says Commissioner of The Vine, they're dying. Those government choppers saved Gotham. Batman wasn't needed. Thanks, thanks a lot. I only saved your bacon like a thousand other times. Right. What? So anyway, they load Swamp Thing's uh, mostly destroyed body into the back of an ambulance. They uh, he tells the kid to keep the kid who saw it all. They keep it a secret. And he says, hello, kid, remember to keep our secret. The little kid's like, you bet, Batman. Yeah, what? I don't get that part, why they
0: want to keep it a secret The Swamp Thing saved Gotham. He later grew up to be Damien. Well, not the kid in general, but they've kept the whole thing secret. Right. They don't want anyone to know the Swamp Thing, did it. So the van takes off. They
1: dump Swamp Thing into the swamp, and we see him regenerate. We see him regrow his arms and his legs. And as he, as Swamp Thing gives them a nice Heidi wave, we see Batman and Briggs standing there. And he, and Briggs says, well, there goes a million bucks, Batman. But if ever someone deserves freedom, it's that noble Swamp Thing. And
0: Batman says, amen to that, BB. (laughs) Oh, my gosh. There's a lot to unpack here. But the first thing i got to say is I love the way Aparo draws Swamp Thing. Yes. He does a really good job. Swamp Thing's eyes are so expressive. I mean, just, like, the first time we see Swamp Thing, he's up on the cross, and you just feel complete pity for him. His eyes just show everything and the sadness, everything about it. That that first panel is terrific. Yes. And then, you know, later on, just the strength of him ripping out the vines—it's really, really good. We don't even have to say that Aparo's Batman is just gorgeous. It absolutely is. This but is Aparo at the height of his powers. Right. This absolutely is. And it's funny. This era of Brave and the Bold*—they seem to just be following the track of movies. This is a disaster movie. Yep. Is what this is. Yep. This is a 1970 straight-up disaster movie. Yep. Environmental. The, the environment gets revenge on the city slickers. Yeah. That's what this is. That's exactly right. And when I was reading, I had to—I had to remember halfway through the Swamp Thing didn't have these powers. Right. I mean,
1: this is. I really think this is a great story. I think it's a lot of fun. I like that it's. You know, that sort of. It establishes that Batman and Swamp Thing know each other, which they do, because of yep. course he appeared in the Swamp Thing original series. This is when I, I think Swamp Thing was homeless at this point, or he may have. His his series may have still been going on, but it was uh, Ween and Wrightson had moved on definitely right. by this point. But again, Aparo does such a great job. We get to see him, as I mentioned, we get to see him do the origin. Uh, there's all these action beats and stuff like that. Commissioner Gordon is in there. Okay. I mean,
0: are, are, are really uh, biplanes still used for prop testing at this point in I the 70s? I guess so.
1: Well, what, I mean, you know, how else are you going to go through the city? You know? I mean, you can't do jets or anything like that.
0: I just don't imagine Gotham City has a bunch of uh, biplanes on, you know, waiting...
1: In the wings. Gotham City has they a They spend less on cops because they don't need them. They got bad money. <laughs> so, uh, no, this is, I think this is a really terrific story. I, again, a pair of the whole sequence of Swamp Thing trying to rip out the root, how straight, it's a, it just, you totally get the feeling of the power of it. And it has some great sound effects because parrot did all his own lettering. So, and I like that Briggs turns a new turns over a new leap mo- mostly due to the Batman threatening to punch his lights out. But whatever,
0: whatever works. More due because the story needed it to happen. More, uh, whatever. Which it's is fine. totally a Haney trade. Look, what do you want for twenty five cents? I hate, all right, I'm check. not knocking it. I loved it. I'm just saying it, there is there's a little bit. of... This is a lot more straightforward than the next comic we're going to cover. Yes, this one's got, still got some zaniness in it. Again, that that Briggs guy is definitely zany. Uh, the government plot where they they ruin all of Gotham and then they're the heroes for
1: saving Gotham? It's a very cynical, 70 cynical thing. So I think this is a a terrific story. I really genuinely like it. It's a lot of fun. It's apparel. It does a really great job. I like the costume design it gives everybody. Batman gets a lot of stuff to do, but it's a really swamping
0: story, which is as it should be since he's the guest star. That's true. All right, we're going to move on to our next issue, folks. We've got Brave and the Bold, number 127. Again, this is uh, from... June 1976 and it's Batman and Wildcat. Now Batman and Wildcat teamed up a few times in Brave oh, and the yeah. He was a big seller. Yep. He was a big sales booster for this title. And you know never mind at, at no point do they make any comment about Earth 2 and Earth 1. No. Yeah, and This is clearly the Earth 1 Batman and yet it's Earth 2 Wildcat but who cares? Hey Grant can just hop dimensions with these. Well, he's not even hopping dimensions. He he has a resort, a spa. He bought an island in this one. So, I mean, he's a resident of (laughs) Earth-1. Who cares? Continuity, schmanuity. Alright. This is called Dead Man's Quadrangle. The story opens... Great title. I know, great. The the story opens on the docks. And Batman is in the docks. He's going to foul foul up some sort of evil crime. And he gets his foot caught in a, a rotting out pier. And he's forced to watch one man shoot another. So he runs over there. And, uh, unfortunately, the, the victim, yeah, he got his revenge and killed his killer, I guess you could say. The whole point is, it's a little confusing, quite honestly. This is a dense story, folks. I'm really going to try I had a tough time with this one. Bottom line is, the guy who dies is apparently someone we're supposed to like. And he says, swear you'll find my brother's killer. And Batman has no idea what's going on. The guy's about to die, so Batman's like, okay, I swear. And he ends up going to Commissioner Gordon. And they talk a little about this. And the guy who died, it's all traced back to this mysterious guy named El Zapatero. Great name, which does sound like uh, shoes because it's shoemaker in Spanish. We find that at halfway. Through. I'm like that sounds like shoes. We find that halfway through. The whole point is they're investigating this guy. He is running a ring of illegal immigrants into the United States, and he's doing it through uh, a Caribbean island and we see some uh, imagery of that and they kind of identify which island it's probably ha- probably happening on and they investigate they find this uh, the, the special quartz, blue quartz dust on the guy's boot which helps them identify which island so very quickly what we end up is Batman is on a plane going to this island by page three folks Batman is jet setting across the world in a commercial airliner and he's flying coach I kid you not maybe first class but it's definitely a commercial airliner just like Rob and I are doing today yeah exactly and he's Just chilling out in complete costume, sitting next to, it turns out, the author of a book who wrote all about this deadly quadrangle, which, of course, is playing upon the Bermuda Triangle infamy in in the 70s. Peanuts Batman? Right, yeah. It's like, no, I want the pretzels. So, as Batman's investigating all this, he gets talking to the man sitting next to him again, who's the author of this quadrangle book. I love his beard, his giant bushy beard. He looks a little bit like Vandal Savage. Yes, he does. It really, but, but dressed sophisticatedly. And this author's name is Hannibal Kingsley. It's important remember it for later. So, and so they just chat about this quadrangle thing. Anyway, suddenly the, sh- the plane starts to go down, like it's going to crash. Turn to part two to find out. And the plane just pulls back up, so they're fine.
1: Uh, <laughs> this is a great panel, though, the drone by. I mean, like, this could be a really dull panel, but a pair really gives it, I love the way- He's just screeching across the sky. I love that sound effect. It, he, again, he makes even the most dull moments look really great. It's a
0: commercial jet as it's just barely pulling up and it's flying right over the surface of the ocean and it's. Ee, it's really, it's, it is very well done and I hope it doesn't happen to me on the way home. <laughs> So, anyway, uh, so Batman gets to this island, which happens to be owned by, yeah, that's right, it's Ted Grant. Ted Grant owns this tropical uh, Caribbean island, and he just happened to have a resort and a spa there. Well, Marlon Brando, Oprah
1: Winfrey, <laughs> Ted Grant. These the people who own island. That's about
0: right, yeah. He runs a spa there, which is absolutely insane. So, Batman gets there, and he's talking to Ted Grant, and uh, they, take a, they have to then take a boat chartered going to the island, and they see a man who's swimming in the water, and he's suddenly going to be attacked by a shark. So, Batman dives in the water. Of course he does. He grabs a knife. Fights the shark, and as Rob pointed out in the cab when we were reading this, this takes place after Jaws. Of course, it does. So that's why you get this shark fight scene. (laughs) And Batman, you know, poor Roy Scheider fought Jaws for what, two hours? Batman takes care of this guy in six panels, (laughs) gets rid of the shark, but oh, the guy died. But wait a minute, the guy's got the fancy boots just from this Zapatero guy. Sounds like a clue. So Batman and now Wildcat, he's changed, is uh, oh, hold on. I'd find, I, I, there's a sign here for Ted Grant's resort. It's Key Allegro and it's Fight Flab with the Champ. That's awesome. He's monetizing. And this is Ted Grant. Okay, so they, they get on the motorcycle and they go to investigate this mysterious shoes and everything. They track down where the blue quartz crystal is. They find a cave full of illegal immigrants that are hiding there. And there's a guy there who's basically rounded them up. They've all paid money to be smuggled into the United States. And uh, they, the way to infiltrate is they put Ted Grant in the shoes and tell everyone his name is Pedro. And he, so he swims up, he joins the group, Batman's watching this whole thing. Anyway, the, the illegal immigrants are put into a ship to go to America, right? And it's this horrible ship, they're kept in these horrible conditions in the hold. Batman is on board, the, uh, is following them in his boat, secretly tracking Ted Grant. Ted Grant sneaks out of the hold, he starts fighting, he feels a lot of fight, he fight, he fight, fight with Ted Grant. Eventually Ted Grant switches into his Wildcat costume, and then they are finally confronted by the mysterious, uh, or sorry, Ted Grant, or Wildcat's finally confronted by the mysterious, with the, uh, Zap- Zapatero or whatever his name is, and it, we eventually find out duh, 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 it's Hannibal Kingsley, the author the whole time. He actually wrote the quadrangle book just to confuse everyone and make the area mysterious so he could smuggle more people in. Batman Batman catches up with him, so now it's Batman and Wildcat going fist to fist against these horrible human traffickers. Wildcat is forced to fight this. So Batman's tied up. He's getting ready to be hung. They put a noose around Batman's neck. They force Wildcat to fight this giant bruiser guy, and it's a fight to the death, and uh, it looks like Wildcat is about to be down for the count. Now, Wildcat, by the by the way, we didn't mention this. Walking had retired. Ted Grant retired from being Walkers. But he's super old at this point. Well, but no, because he had this fight. He, in his second comeback, he had a fight where he accidentally killed a guy. And that was just he couldn't mm-hmm. face it anymore. And now as he's going down, he's having visions of the guy he killed. So he's having struggling with this. He freezes up. They're about to hang Batman. And suddenly Tag Tag Grant. Just, just finds his second win, knocks out the, this guy who's fighting, Batman rips the noose off his head, and they just get down, and they kick all the ass. It is totally their show. Wildcat and Batman on this ship, knocking out all the human traffickers, doing an amazing job, and who comes to their aid but the uh, the people being smuggled into the country themselves. They break out of their containment, they help Batman and, and uh, Wildcat, and they quickly take everyone down. Now, at this point, because they had to finish up in one page, it gets very confusing. A lot of stuff happens that you have to assume. Uh, Zap- Zapatero actually gets away in a helicopter or a plane which I didn't even realize until I read the end of the comic I'm like wait what happened and I had to go back and uh, that man he's talking to the illegal immigrants and he's like we thank you for your friends or we thank you and your friends Emilio maybe someday you get into the US legally So basically I said thanks for your help bud we're shipping you back And uh, it turns out, then you find out Zapatero got caught in his own trap. His plane went down in the quadrangle, just like all the mysterious ones. And Batman goes to the grave of Juan Vega and Luis Vega, the man who he swore to uh, uncover the murderer. And he lays at their grave shoes, which I guess he got from the bad guy. So, anyway, the end. Now, amigos, you're both avenged. Adios. (laughs) But it's never adios to Batman and a stunning co-star in every issue of The Brave and the Bold. That's true. What'd you think, Rob?
1: This one was—I read this. I read both of these in the hotel room, in anticipation of this. And the Swamp Thing one, partly I had read it before, I was familiar with it. But this one really was like—I read it and I was like, wait, what? <laughs> you know, and and I don't know if that's because I just was reading it kind of fast because I wanted—I knew we were going to talk about it, or it is just a little confusing. And you had a little bit of trouble with it. I did. So I think it's a little confusing. It's just there's a lot of characters, there's a lot of back and forth, and it was just a, it moves. It's as of course it's only 17 pages. And it's Bob Haney And he's jamming in A lot of things And so I enjoyed it I like Batman and Wildcat As a team They're fun to look at He manages to make Wildcat look pretty badass
0: He really does Which is hard Although he looks More like a dog With the floppy he ears He does look like a dog yeah.
1: uh, But I mean That that uniform Really does not Translate terribly well But Apero does a great job And of course Aparo was able to make people deliver punches yep. look like uh, they're nuclear-powered. I mean, when it, when, he's, when Batman punches somebody in the jaw, it looks like he's shattering their jaw off their face, which you, is great.
0: You know, one thing we don't talk about enough is up expressions, though, too. Yeah. Like, there's a lot of Wildcat panels where Wildcat is just, like, screaming or yelling or there's confusion, there's trouble, and it's just really powerful. I love this panel
1: of uh, Batman and Wildcat riding on Wildcat's cycle. Right. That's awesome. Now, the one thing that was confusing about the story is why the cameo from Todd Bridges?
0: Uh, Willis from Three Willis from I different don't strokes. understand
1: Why is he in this comic book Because
0: he's there to order The official Young American For 76 Bicentennial t-shirt <laughs> Get it now No It is Young Todd Bridges Before Different Strokes I stopped him Like in the middle of the comic I was like
1: what Yep I remember that ad as a kid I remember thinking yeah, "That kid looks familiar One other thing I do want to mention Is if you're a fan of Batman this is a great comic because there are no less than three separate pages in a row of Batman merch that you can buy. Because there's a Batman bank, a Batman color form set, which I had, the Batman 70s, 30s to the 70s book, which Ooh. you can get. Two tre- there, there's a special ad for two treasuries, Secret Origins and Supervillains, which Chris Franklin picked up at the con this very weekend. That's true. Treasuries. Wait, nobody likes those. Oh, no, that's not true. And then the the, the Batman collection. And then there's a, a third ad for a whole bunch of treasury back issues. So it's like if you're a Batman Fan. You there's just a ton, a ton of stuff, and plus so there's also an ad about what
0: to do when, how to retire before 50, which I'm going to look into. I, I think home. you should. I would like to follow that ad myself. Yeah. Now I like this thing's really full of a lot of timely things. I mean, illegal immigration was a big deal in the 70s. Oh, they, thank God we got that settled. Right. Exactly. They threw the shark in there to, to hit on the Jaws stuff. There were a lot uh, of
1: sharks going on in these Brave and the Bold stories. Know, yeah. A lot of sharks.
0: Car- Caribbean islands, you know, or, you know, Fantasy Island. I don't know if this one Fantasy Island was out yet or not, but I mean, that's the kind of stuff that was, you know, all big things in the 70s, and I love. I just the idea that Ted Grant has retired and is running a, a, a fat farm, basically, on a Caribbean island, is hysterical to me. And uh, it's it's a lot of fun. I I don't know that I I, I don't know if I, I like the Swamp Thing one. It's more straightforward, but I really like this one too. It's I I don't know if my description did any justice. I didn't obviously we didn't get to prepare a lot. I read this in no. the cab on the way to the airport. Uh, but it, you know they're sort of con exclusives. It's been a lot there of fun. There you go. Yeah. yeah.
1: I, I do. I like the dialogue that Haney gives Batman because there's one point where he backhands a guy and he goes, "The fight's not over yet." Creeps. I love <laughs> that he goes out of his way to send him insult, and, so, and then in the next panel
0: he backhands a dude well, as he's ripping the noose off his neck. Yeah, game. it's fantastic. And then there's another one. That's it. The, there it is. There's the face I'm talking about. Wildcat just looks savage again. Looks like a dog.
1: Yeah. He's hey, Batman. Come here. Come the reserves and it's the 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 uh, immigrants coming. It's it's fun. It's it's you know. These two stories are nice. I mean, they, they weren't back-to-back issues, of course. But they are, I mean, and you didn't buy them with that intention. You right. just sort of picked up two random issues. But what, what else did I buy? What else did you buy? Sad Sack. Oh, Sad Sack, of course. Yes, I'm coming home with a Sad Sack comic, which we'll have to do. <laughs> we're starting a new podcast, Sad Sack. 75th anniversary of him this weekend. <laughs> we'll be launching Sadcast later on. Oh, my God! Uh, uh, uh but uh, people are saying we're not diversifying. So, uh, but but the thing is, one of the things I like about these two stories, picked at random, is that the Swamp Thing one is sci-fi, like sci-fi horror, yeah. and this one is just a straightforward action thriller. You could have seen this on an hour-long TV drama, just featuring Beretta or something. I mean, it has that, and and I liked that that Heaney did that. They switched it up. This
0: is James Bond. I mean, yeah. by his page three again, he is on a he's on a jetliner going to the other side of the world. He you know he's, he's, he's diving in the water, fighting sharks. There's machine guns. There's uh, you know freighter ships. This is he's swimming in the oceans and you're following on boats. This is this is James Bond in a comic right here. And he's doing it in the costume the whole time. The funniest part, though, is Batman on the commercial airliner completely in costume. That is hysterical. So, yeah, imagine being on a plane today, Rob, when we're going home. And you just look over, and there's Batman, just sitting there contemplating the world. And, like totally. You know, you he's imagine. putting his utility belt in the little tray. Right. So he had to go through security.
1: Where, where, where? Sir,
0: <laughs> we need to scan you. So Either way, they're an absolute hoot. I'm so glad. This is the only thing we've recorded the entire con. This is it. So, Dude, well, us. I've recorded
1: some other things, which will be coming later on. But no, please. this is it. This is the only. Oh, thing. okay. I didn't know. I, I didn't know those were
0: not being released. No, I'm just Sorry. kidding. This is the only thing I've recorded at the con. Not, not a lot was recorded. We a lot of this trip was just for us.
1: Yeah, we had a lot of fun. Yeah, we had a lot of fun. It, it was, was a huge group.
0: Uh, There was a lot to
1: see at the con. There was a lot of people. I got to meet some great people. I got to meet Craig Hamilton, one of my my heroes. I've been friends with Craig for a long time. Uh, But, I mean, I actually got to meet him in person. And he came over and he hugged me. And I got to buy Aquaman number 1 signed by him. And we talked about that... Uh, Darlene Tracy bought me one of his paintings, his Aquaman paintings, and he's you know he was complimentary to her, which was really sweet. And so that was terrific. We got to meet Michelle Fife. Oh my, that was all, We was hung out with Michelle. We, we, had, we, dinner we had, with had dinner with Michelle, which was fantastic. Uh, we went to a pizza place where they actually gave us a free pizza without us asking. It happened twice. It
0: happened twice. Yeah. Um, I got to meet Daryl Banks and Ron Mars, the gentleman responsible for the Kyle Rayner Green Lantern, which I have I've not spent a lot of time talking about on our show, but the Kyle Rayner Green Lantern is one of my absolute favorite characters of all time. And really, that comic really came. At the right time for me. I was probably I don't know 21 years old or so when it happened. Kyle was about the same age, figuring out Green Lantern, figuring out life. I was too, and the and I just felt like I was I, that was my entryway into Green Lantern. So I got a chance to tell Ron Mars that I got a chance to tell Daryl Banks that they were both so nice. I gushed. They were so it was, it was received well. It wasn't one of those like go away fanboy. We talked about action figures, and then Daryl, when I was talking to him, he's like, "You look familiar." I'm like, well, that's just a serial killer face," you know, whatever. And after talking for a minute, I hadn't signed my uh, my thing, and I said my name is Shang. He's Like. Shag Matthews, I'm like, uh, yeah. He's like, oh, I know you from Facebook. How cool! I mean, geez, I was, I literally floated to our lunch after that. I was, my feet weren't touching the ground. It was amazing, and uh, I got to meet, as I said, Ty Templeton, which was great. Well, was Ryan like, has a great story about Jose Luis Garcia
1: Lopez. Praise be his name. name. But we will let Ryan tell that story in one of his shows because it's it's an amazing story. He's also got a great story about Roy Thomas. He does have another story, which will probably end up being an episode, a bonus episode of Secret Origins, maybe to come, but we will let Ryan tell those stories. Absolutely.
0: We also went to the All-Star Squadron panel, which is really cool, because Jerry Ordway, Roy Thomas, Michael Urey, and Arvell Jones got to talk about All-Star Squadron, which just an absolute beloved comment. Rob showed up late because he was hungover. Um, I was he I was, drank a little too much Friday night you horribly hungover which was hysterical yeah. I was like what is this new sensation oh I know I
1: have to throw up <laughs> did you really hurl I did <laughs> you, guys had, you guys had all left the hotel by then but I was like "I was." the way I compared it is <laughs> imagine the scene in uh, Star Trek 4 where uh, uh, Catherine Hicks realizes she's about to be beamed yeah. and she's like what oh my god that's exactly what happened to me luckily i was alone in the hotel room nobody had, nobody
0: else had to see it it's hilarious i just remembered who the other person was i met i met michael golden
1: oh that's for right. my
0: beloved micronauts got a chance to talk to him I, I gushed all over him about micronauts he was very kind got him to sign a print which is a cover of one and it's a micronauts issue cover uh, featuring daytona florida so that was just very fitting now one of the things i want to mention too is we had a great time at heroes con next year we're not sure what we're doing We didn't mention Darren and Ruth Sutherland. That's who we forgot to mention. Of course, we hung out with. Well, we tried to hang out with Darren and Ruth Sutherland. They were a little busy. Hanging out with celebrities left and right. Yeah. You know, I think Stan Lee was buying them a a copter trip around town or something. I don't know. They were with famous people the whole weekend long. But we got to see him occasionally.
1: Uh, Yeah, Darren uh, stayed in line, I think, about 17 hours. I think it was. To get a sketch from Jerry Ordway. They literally turned out the lights on him. Like the guy, the janitor came by and you heard the ka chunk, ka chunk, and there's just Darren waiting in line. But he got his Jerry Ordway sketch. I think it was of Captain Marvel. It was. It was amazing. Oh, I didn't see it. I didn't get to see it. Okay. Uh, And then. Another thing that was amazing is at the bar, at the hotel bar in the Westin, we had Ruth Sutherland meeting Diablo Frank, which is matter meeting antimatter. Uh, <laughs> I really believe the multiverse was created in that moment. Uh, we'll have to see if Red Sky start showing up or whatever. We can see if, I can see Corona walk by. But one of the other things I did want to mention just about the drinking yeah. pro tip do not try and keep up with Keith G. Baker when oh it comes my to drinking. Gosh.
0: Keith G. Baker, you and Del- will lose oh, yeah. that battle well Diablo and Frank tried and well I mean actually it's fair to say Diablo Frank kept up with him well Diablo and Frank and Keith kept going everyone just gave up and went back to bed or went to bed and we heard that at 3.30 in the morning you know that's what an hour and a half after the bars closed yeah. Keith and Frank finally get you know left and stumbled out of there I never saw Frank's eyes the whole time that's he true. had his sunglasses on all the time so
1: I'm not positive that he's not entirely you know not I'm, I'm not sure that he's totally human well
0: remember V the original right, V right exactly the lizard eyes yeah because I mean Frank Frank did keep himself in partial disguise that's right he had prescription black sunglasses yep. to cover his eyes the whole time he had dyed his hair red he grew a grotis so, uh, you know I, he almost had the Groucho Marx clown nose kind of mustache thing going but all right so one of the things I do want to say we loved HeroesCon. we had so much fun and honestly, as fun as the convention was for me the biggest benefit was hanging out with all the friends and what we decided is next year we definitely want to do something like this again but we don't know if it's gonna be HeroesCon. Con so we just wanted to sort of set y'all's expectations for those of you who might want to join us we know a lot of people we saw online a lot of people were bummed they said they wanted to be here. So for next year, we're thinking about where we might go. Feel free to put suggestions in the comments. Great conventions around the country. Great things to do. We might just end up anywhere. And we will definitely keep y'all informed because we'd love for you guys to join us. Because as much fun as it is uh, hanging out with Rob, and by that I mean not at all, it's much more fun to hang out with the rest of y'all and just spend a wonderful weekend with our friends. It was super cool.
1: And one of the things I I mentioned to the guys is that you know we had a, a, a network meeting. Yes. and it was the four of us and Cindy Cindy was off because Cindy just Cindy secretly rules the whole network so right. she pretends that we have any sort of autonomy
0: and Cisco is still in Canada you can't
1: seem to get past the border no but we had a meeting with the network guys and it was sort of amazing to me that you know we were spending a lot of time together all of a sudden now shag and i have met before and russell and i have met before but that was it everyone else was new well i've met chris before Well, okay but for me (laughs) what i'm saying is like it didn't feel like these were people that i had never met before right now obviously i've spent a lot of time talking with them i've known chris online virtually for a decade now but still it's different being in somebody's physical presence but it didn't feel weird we just felt completely natural we had a ton of meals together sat around hung out you know, we, we did some of the con together since we split up. It was really a ton of fun, and I'm so glad that we did it. And uh, I'm glad that we got this whole satellite group of people to come and hang out with us. It was really a
0: blast. And after all this time, I can finally say Ryan Daly and I slept together. Thank you, we, In Stock Trades. <laughs> we really owe Ciscoid a huge thanks as well. While we were gone, we left him in the control booth, in the sound booth, to run the place. And he stepped up to the plate and ran a show last weekend on Sunday when Rob and I were here. So we we had the chance to play. And Ciscoid did that for us. Thank you so much. You really, really came through, buddy.
1: I just know we're going to try and log on to the WordPress site. We're going to be locked out. All the passwords all changed.
0: All the passwords changed. It's just going to be Bass, the girls, and Ciscoid running the network for now That's all on. it's going to be. Everything's going to be rebranded all canadian you know it's the maple the maple syrup uh, treasury cast and things like that brought to you by tim hortons that's right all right folks i think that is going to do it for this time uh thanks again to everybody we had an absolute blast i don't want to try and name check everybody again so i'm going to scrub and forget people again but uh until next time fan the flame and ride the wave
1: today we're going to take a closer look at the charming city of charlotte north carolina Welcome to Charlotte, North Carolina. When you visit Charlotte, you'll be immediately struck by its irresistible charm. The more you take in its obvious natural beauty and cultural diversity, your appreciation for this vibrant American city will only grow deeper. Charlotte's continuous economic growth has led to a steady stream of new enterprises that include restaurants, clubs, housing, and shopping destinations that you will instantly fall in love with.